Oh, it's great to see everybody. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm so glad that you're here. Wherever you're at on campus, out in the amphitheater, the coffee shop, uh, over in the chapel, here in the main building, those watching online, different campuses, we are so glad that you're with us during the month of June especially because we're looking at a book in the Bible called the book of Acts. And in that book, you find, well, these experiences where the wind of God and the fire of God touched the earth in the life of the early church. And our prayer all this month is, God, what you did back then, let it happen today. Let the wind blow, let the fire fall, and touch this piece of earth called Cathedral of Faith. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. And last week we looked at the ascension, and this weekend we come to the day that's, well, the official day on the church calendar. They call this Pentecost Sunday. You find the account of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, and Pentecost Sunday remembers the moment when the church has the wind at its back. Have you ever had the wind at your back? What would your life be like if the wind was at your back? Summer is finally here. Can somebody say amen to that? I mean, we pay that big weather tax here in the Bay Area, and finally we've got good weather, and it's so, and when good weather shows up, some guys I know, they go out and they, well, they hit the golf course. That's what they do. They like playing golf. In fact, I heard about these two guys that went out to the golf course, and one of the guys is getting ready to hit his tee shot, and while he's standing over him, the ball, there's a funeral procession that goes by on the adjacent street. Well, the man stops his swing, he takes off his hat, and he puts it over his heart. Funeral procession goes by. Then after it's gone, he picks up his club, takes his swing, hits his ball, and the guy he's playing with is just so impressed. He said, man, that was such a nice thing to do. People don't show that kind of respect anymore. And the man said, that's the least I could have done. I was married to her for 35 years. <laughs> he loved his golf, didn't he? Now, I, I, I love golf. I don't love it that much. But every once in a while, I get out to the golf course. And here's what I've noticed over the years at golf is that the wind can have a big impact on your golf ball. If the wind is behind you, but instead of me describing it, let me take you to the course and demonstrate it. <laughs> Hello, Cathedral. It's a beautiful day. I'm out on the course, on the tee with my driver in my hands. And when the wind's coming against me, if I really catch it, I can get the ball out there about 230 yards. If there's no wind at all and I've had my Wheaties that morning, I can hit it about 250. But when the wind is at my back and that ball catches the jet stream, well, let's give it a go and see what happens.
it sure makes a difference when the wind is at your back. I told you, it does make a difference when the wind is at your back. And here is the big takeaway for the day. This is it. Don't miss it. What would your life be like if the wind was at your back? The wind of the Spirit was at your back. On the day of Pentecost, we celebrate the moment of the coming of the Spirit, and the wind is at our back so we can live life on a whole new level. I invite you to stand with me as we look at that moment in the scriptures. Everybody stand. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. It reads this way. On the day of Pentecost. Pentecost was a major Jewish festival, the festival of harvest. And people would come from all over the world to Jerusalem to celebrate that feast. It says that all the believers, there were about 120 of them at that time, they were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, say that with me, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. Whoa, can we read that together, that last line? Everyone say it with me. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, what happened back then, let it happen today. Let the wind blow, let the fire fall. Fill us once more with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's give God praise for his word. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. The wind is at my back. Look at somebody before you're seated and tell them, the wind is at your back. Go ahead and do that. The wind is at your back. I want that to stick with you. That's the takeaway for the weekend. I want to talk to you for just a few moments about that day of Pentecost, what happened in that day, and how when the wind's at your back, it can transform your life in the best kind of way. First, think with me about having the Spirit and the Spirit having you. Having the Spirit and the Spirit having you. When the founder of Buddhism was saying farewell to his disciples, this is what he told them. You now must be your own light. When the great philosopher Socrates was about to drink his cup of poison, he told his disciples that he was leaving them as orphans. But when Jesus was going back to his heavenly father, he would be ascending. He told his disciples that he would not leave them alone. Instead, this is what he says. Jesus said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another friend to help you and to be with you forever. And the friend that he gives is the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus does not leave us alone. He promises that he will send a friend who will be with us forever. And on the day of Pentecost, Jesus keeps his promise. When Jesus makes a promise, he always keeps his promise. And the day of Pentecost is when the Heavenly Father sends a friend to us. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell on the inside of us. That's what we celebrate at Pentecost. A friend who's come to live on the inside of us. There are so many powerful pictures of what the activity and presence of the Spirit looks like. I mean, there's images, there's pictures in our passage. It's, it's like wind and like fire. In other places, it says it's like oil or like wine. In other places, it says it's like rain or like rivers. That the activity and presence of the Holy Spirit All these powerful images say something about the activity of the Spirit. But underneath all of those images is this very important truth. That underneath the pictures, there's a person. That God has sent the friend that Jesus promised. The personal, powerful presence of the Holy Spirit. The third person of the Trinity. God, the Holy Spirit, comes to dwell on the inside of us when we put our faith and trust in Jesus. That's what we celebrate on Pentecost. You talk about a mind bender, amen. I mean, there's, there's great mystery here. There really is. But it, do you know who you are? Do you know who lives on the inside of you? The powerful, personal presence of God lives on the inside of you. That if you look inside, all kinds of things are happening in you. The wind is blowing and the fire is burning. You know, the oil is pouring and the the wine is flowing and the rain is falling and the river is raging. That the personal, powerful presence of almighty God, the Holy Spirit, dwells on the inside of you. The Bible says in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I'm glad there's room for old men like me. Amen. All people. Think about that. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell on the inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of you. And on Pentecost Sunday, here's what I would urge you to do, is to let the Holy Spirit have more of you. You have the Holy Spirit. You have all of the Holy Spirit. But on this day, let the Holy Spirit have more of you. It's a little bit like this Alka-Seltzer that I brought. I knew I would be eating a lot of different food today. And so I came prepared with my Alka-Seltzer. And if you take this packet of Alka-Seltzer and you drop it in this water 
And then you take this package of Alka-Seltzer and you drop it in this water. You, you could say, if you can get a close shot of that with the camera, you can see that they both have the Alka-Seltzer. Both of them have the Alka-Seltzer in the water. But one of the packages is all closed up. The other one is open. And so this one you would say that it is being filled with the Alka-Seltzer. Well, friend, all of us have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And what I'm encouraging you to do on this Pentecost weekend is open up the package and allow the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, invite the presence and power of the Holy Spirit to control you and to influence you and to saturate every single part of your life. Our cry today is, God, what you did back then, let it happen today. Fill me with the Holy Spirit so the wind can be at my back. Amen. That's what we're believing for today. The wind is at my back. Say that with me. The wind is at my back. And that is why today's news is such good news. The day of Pentecost brings good news. It brings good news because this is what Jesus said about that moment when the Holy Spirit would show up. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Power. Say that with me. Power. You will receive power. And here's why that's so important. It breaks down to a math equation. That principle plus power equals good news for us. There are great principles in the Bible. The Bible shows us the best way to live. Amen. In the Old Testament, you find principles like the Ten Commandments. In the New Testament, you find principles like the Sermon on the Mount. And these principles are given to us to show us this is what it looks like to live a great life. And all God's people said, amen. But here's the problem. The principles show us what to do and what not to do. But the principle doesn't give you the power to carry it out. And without the power, it's like hitting a golf ball into the wind. No matter how hard you swing or how hard you try, you get it up in that wind and it's going to blow that ball right back at you. And you'll end up short of the green every time. Without power, principles plus no power equals despair. But the day of Pentecost is not a day of despair. The day of Pentecost is good news. Because at Pentecost, we receive a power that enables us to do what we could never do on our own. And principles plus power equals good news that we truly can live life at a whole new level with the wind at our back. For example, Jesus once made this statement. He said, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. Love your enemies. 
You go anywhere in the world and people will say, what's that all about? I know I'm supposed to love my family and my friends and my neighbors, but my enemies are my enemies. Why would I want to love my enemies? When I think of my enemies, here's what I'd like to happen to my enemies. I wish that all of my enemies had three cars parked in front of their house, an ambulance, a fire truck, and a police car. That's what I want to happen to my enemies. But Jesus gives us a principle, love your enemies, and then he gives us a power that transforms our desire and gives us the ability to do what we could never do on our own. There's a, a guy here in the Bay Area. I'm not sure if you've heard of him. His name is Steph Curry. Have you heard of him? <laughs> so Steph Curry, when he's not busy trying to win championships for the Warriors, it seems that he's taken up movie producing. And this summer, he's an executive producer of a film coming out that was based on a true story that happened a couple of years ago in the States. A young white man who was full of hatred walked into an African-American church during a Bible study with a gun, and he killed nine members of the church. And when that happened, it was all over the news. How would the family members of the victims respond. And the movie tells a story about how these family members of the victims, how they rose above the hatred, rose above the violence, and they showed a love and a forgiveness that was nothing short of divine. And Steph Curry was so moved by that story, he wants everybody to know about it. He wants everybody to know that love wins. And that's what happens when the wind is at your back. Hallelujah. You're able to love in ways. The wind is going to be filling up theaters all over this nation with the wind at their back. See, you and I, that's why it's good news for us. Where is the place where you need, there's a principle that you want to carry out and you need to lean into the power of the Holy Spirit that can lift your life to a whole new level. The wind is at my back. Say that one more time. The wind is at my back. And now I want to jump to the end of the story in Acts chapter 2. Because I believe here in this moment, at the end of this story, we see one of the most powerful pictures of redemption in the entire Bible. And someone needs to hear that this weekend. With the wind at his back, Peter does what he would not do before. As all this is going on in the upper room, there's a crowd outside the upper room that are curious about what is going on. And the Bible says that Peter steps up with the 11, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Peter stood up, stood up. Say that with me, stood up. Say it again. What did Peter do? Peter stood up. Let me make sure we all got what he did. What did Peter do? Peter stood up. Let me make sure this side has it too. What did Peter do in that moment? He stood up. 
Now that may not seem like a big deal to you unless you rewind seven weeks earlier. Here is Peter denying his best friend. Three times he denies that he even knows Jesus. Just a few hundred yards from where he is right now. He has this epic fall, this epic failure. He's down on the ground in the worst kind of way. And then he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And the wind is at his back. And he gets up. He stood up. And he stands for Jesus. And he preaches to the crowd. And he says to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. And 3,000 people become followers of Jesus that day after that very first sermon. Amen. Hallelujah. Someone needs to hear that today. That right where Peter had been such a miserable failure, with the wind at his back, God raised him up and gave him amazing success. If you've had a setback, if you've had a failure, if you've taken an epic fall and find yourself flat on your face, today is the day, my friend, to stand up because the wind is at your back. And if you've had a setback through the power of the Spirit, you can have a comeback. God can raise you up and give you success right where you've been a failure. Amen. That's the good news. The wind is at my back. Say it with me. The wind is at my back. And I want you to hear from some folks talk about the wind being at their back. To me, this is the highlight of my weekend. It may be the highlight of my year, having them with us here today. They do work over in Cambodia. They lead an organization that works against human trafficking and rescues girls. They're two of the missionaries that we support here at Cathedral of Faith. I want you to give them a great big welcome. Would you welcome Don and Bridget and Soka to the platform here at Cathedral of Faith. Wow, good to see you. Oh, Soka, good to see you. Hey, Bridget, good to see you guys. Wow. Don, what a blessing it is to have you with us today. Now, Now, tell us, Don, how did you... Uh, end up, you know, over in Cambodia doing what you do. Well, we had actually taken a mission trip uh, to Cambodia, and we spoke with literally thousands of people. And when we left, we had never heard anything about trafficking. But when we got home, we saw a Dateline special, Children for Sale. And we saw that there was literally hundreds of little girls being sold. And we have three daughters and seven granddaughters, and we thought, wonder, wonder if it was one of our kids, and there was someone who could help, but didn't. And so we sent a team uh, back to Cambodia to find out what was needed. And you know, there was a lot of good things going on. There was education, there was economic development, 
there was laws uh, put in place. And those are all good and necessary things, but they never defeated evil, or there'd be no evil here in this country, right? It's only Jesus that Amen. defeats evil. Amen. And Amen. So we decided to go back with the team and do those good things, but have Jesus at the center. Amen. Boy, and it's, it's such great work. I, and I love your approach, uh, Bridget. It's a, it's a holistic approach, and it's really needed if there's going to be long-term transformation. And uh, tell us about the approach that you've taken. Sure, Pastor Ken, thank you. Uh, with the, everything founded in Jesus, we have four pillars that our missions operate on. And the first one is rescue. Uh, with God's grace and in cooperation with the Cambodian government, we have our own SWAT team that in the past four years has rescued over 1,200 women and children. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen, right? And after these uh, women and children are rescued, they come to our restoration center where they have a holistic approach to their care. We take care of their health care needs, educational needs, psychosocial needs, and spiritual needs. And they found out who they are in Christ, that their Father in heaven is Lord of all, and they're his heir, and that makes them a princess. It's, amen. It's all through his restoration that they then are reintegrated back into the community with the community understanding about trafficking, what it is, and they're also equipped with a good job where they make a sustainable living, where they can support themselves and their family, and they're not tempted to go back into the life to have to support that um, new life that they have. And like Pastor Ken said, you can buy freedom out in the amphitheater today. And last but not least, there is, um, what's that word? Prevention. And that is, uh, we're using the church as an offensive tool to break down those gates of Hades that are holding these women and children in captivity. And we also have a school that we just opened that's the epicenter for the trafficking of children throughout Cambodia and Southeast Asia. And this touches not only the students in the school, but their the siblings that are at home. And not one child that has been in our school has been trafficked. So they get a great education to break that cycle of poverty, but they also learn about the Lord and they have eternal salvation. That's awesome, Bridget. That is, that's awesome. And then we have a, a real hero in our midst, uh, Soka. Tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got involved with AIM and where you're at today. Um, hi, my name is Soka, and I'm from Cambodia. Um, I, um, I was I was rescued by them, and when I was seven years old, and um, after I rescued, I went to AIM and stay at the uh, with the rest of the girl that been rescued. And um, they taught me a lot. They introduced me to Jesus, and and um, and they gave me education and school, and and taught me how to love other people and care about other people. And after that, and I went to America and sacrificed against uh, a guy that abused me. 
and now he's in person. And and um, Em brought me to America and live with the whole family here and go to school and um, and graduation, graduate from high school and got a license and now I live on my own. And I'm so grateful that I'm being part of AIM and thank, thank you AIM a lot that bring me a, a new life. If I don't have them, I'm not going to be here today. Don, is there anything you'd like to add to that? Yeah, uh, Sokan is very humble. She, she, she is a courageous hero. What she didn't say is that it was an American that came to Cambodia and hurt her so badly. When she was rescued, the federal agent said it was the worst case of child abuse they had ever seen. And as a 10-year-old, Sokan came to the United States to testify against that man. Now imagine you're a 10-year-old who don't speak the language, right? You walk into this courtroom and you have dozens of people staring at you, and the man that hurts you so badly is 15 feet from you, sneering at you. This little 10-year-old girl was testified for two hours, and when she was done, he was not only convicted, he was sentenced to 220 years in prison. Hundreds of girls are protected because of her. And then today, she has no reason to be here, right? There's no reason to benefit her, but she comes and she tells her story so others will know and no other girls will have to suffer like she has. She's a true, courageous hero. Amen, amen. Salka, we honor you today. We honor you. We honor you. You are a true hero. You are a true hero. Yes, you are, Soka.